0: The DJ is deaf, the DJ is deaf, turn it open, sound like we're at a club, hey, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time it is, we's here once again. Welcome to the Keith Battle Podcast, I'm Keith Battle. And this is the Keith Battle Podcast. Mm -hmm. Hey! Got something special for you today. Got something special for you every week. Today, we're going to be talking about dreams and visions. How to execute them. It's called visioneering. I like that topic. Visioneering, visioneering, visioneering. That's 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 a word. I got that from a book written by Andy Stanley called Visioneering. Visioneering, by definition, is a combination of words a combination of two words the word vision and the word engineer and the term means building a dream into a workable application or solution so it means getting a vision out of my head into reality and that that takes some engineering to give it direction and structure so I get the idea but I need some direction and structure which is the engineering part and that's what we're gonna talk about bringing your dreams into reality I did a message on it we're considering playing it on the podcast. In fact, it may have been played before you hear this one. We don't know yet. But to set context for it, then have conversation behind it. Um, and I have today my host, uh, Ms. Asha Battle. who's She's going to uh, she's gonna host the show today. She's going to interview me around this subject of visionary and uh, ask some questions that maybe you guys would want to ask. And maybe you guys need to ponder and think through as you try to execute the vision that you have and the dream that you have. So welcome, Asha.
1: Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure.
0: Yeah, and an honor. Yes. Pleasure and an honor. What
1: you got? Let's get right into it. So um, you talked about how your why is usually why, usually how you are set up for your purpose. Mm -hmm. What is the problem you're trying to solve? What is your why? Mm-hmm. Right? Is yeah. that
0: right? What is your why? Yeah. So what problem are you trying to solve?
1: What was your why?
0: My why when I started Zion Church was to bring relevant church to America. I felt like church had the right message, but its its methods were antiquated and it lost touch with the society it was called to reach. And so I really wanted to especially reach unchurched black men or African-American men. So That was my why. That's why I started the church.
1: You're trying to solve the problem of antiquated church,
0: antiquated church and unreached African-American males Hmm. who were disinterested in church because you had to have church clothes and the services were long and the messages didn't make sense to them and they couldn't apply it to their lives. And so I wanted to solve those problems by abbreviating the service. Relaxing the dress code, making the messages practical, and trying to um, make it all connect in a way that they would actually look forward to coming.
1: That's good. It wasn't
0: that men weren't connected to God necessarily. I just think church was almost a I don't know a turnoff in yeah. so many ways. Yeah.
1: Your 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 target audience was Largo Larry, right?
0: Yeah. Is it
1: still the same?
0: Well, we got other locations now, so maybe Woodbridge, Woody, and True. Fort Washington, Freddie, and uh Gary. But, you know, yeah, our first we, because we really started in Largo, we kind of came up with an avatar, a person named Largo Larry, mm-hmm. who's now Landover Larry now.
1: Who's now Pastor Page.
0: Who's now Pastor Page. He wasn't who I was going after because he was already, <laughs> you know, in the faith, but... His name happens to be Larry, and he's our uh, a pastor of L- a Zion Landover. So, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: So you said something very profound. You said the how is where your interests meet your ignorance. Yeah. What does that mean?
0: So that's a great question. The sticking point in pursuing a dream, whenever a person is pursuing a dream or vision, is when we're going after the thing that inspires us. That's our interest. So I'm interested in this. And then we run up against an obstacle or part of the process that we have no knowledge or experience on how to solve or regarding how to handle. That's our ignorance. Mm-hmm. So I'm still interested. I still have a dream. But now I have an a known ignorance. Right. I was ignorant when I started, but I didn't know. You don't know how ignorant you are about the thing you're pursuing until you run up into something or run into a boundary or an obstacle that you don't know how to navigate through.
2: Right.
0: And that intersection at that point when we don't know how to proceed is called the intersection between the my ignorance, my interest and my ignorance. And I call that the how moment. Mm-hmm. And at that point where we don't know how to proceed, even if we're still hustling, even if we're still grinding, it becomes unproductive action because our action must be on track in order to have traction. And so in that moment, we need. We need help with the how. How do mm-hmm. I get going? How do I move to the next step? And that is very important. In fact, um, one of the one of the ways of fixing that is finding a who, because there's always a who for every how.
2: Yeah.
0: Like there's somebody that knows how to get through what you can't get through. There's mm-hmm. somebody that knows how to figure out what you can't figure out. But you have to be willing to search for that who. And you have to be willing to pay them.
1: Is that like your mentor or is that your business partner?
0: Not necessarily. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's a stranger. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a subject matter expert. It may be around contracts or it may be somebody around um, feasibility studies. It may be somebody who specializes in in construction. You know, whatever that part is that you have gotten stuck on. It may not be somebody you've had a relationship with. It could be somebody that you know that knows somebody. But it's definitely not always your business partner. It would be nice if you had a business partner to fix every every obstacle or to work through every challenge or every how. But it's not always the person that you work with. It could be somebody you have to add to your team in order to get through this part.
1: So can you remember some of the obstacles that you had to face when starting Zion Church?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think so many. But one of the places that I got stuck that I remember vividly was around my ignorance around the legal matters regarding nonprofit entities.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, How do you get a 501 C three? How do you set up bylaws in the church constitution? How do you get a legitimate nonprofit status? Because those are serious matters when you're hoping that you get investors or Mm -hmm. contributors. If you're not tax exempt, you can't expect people to contribute to your nonprofit. If you don't have a legitimate tax exempt status. And so that was a significant boundary in a how, like, how do we get this done? Right. You know, we say we love the Lord and we will to start a church. But then who's going to charter the church? How do you get official? How do you make that official? And I had no idea how to become official. Sure. I knew how to speak. I knew how to preach. I knew how to teach the Bible. But I had no idea how to make a church legitimate.
1: But you got your who, who could help you.
0: Got a who. Got a who, got a couple of who's who set up the constitution, the bylaws, walked us through the 501c3 process and taxes in process. So, yeah, we had to get that.
1: Okay. So you said something about um, investments. Mm -hmm. How did you or how would you recommend people who are looking to launch their business um, to get financial investments?
0: I would recommend that anyone out there trying to get something off the ground and get it going that requires financial investors, they really need to have their ducks in a row legally.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: got to have their 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 operation has to be legitimate. And then and you say, well, I don't have the money for that. Well, you, you, you know, it's hard to get somebody to invest in something that's con- that invests just in a concept. Right. And it's got to be an incredible concept. That's a, that's, you know, a no lose kind of deal. But, but, but if you got your legal stuff set up, the second thing I think is necessary is you also need to be clear in your presentation, your presentation and your pitch talks. When you go to make an ask for money, you have to be clear. Mm-hmm. Like, here's what I need. Here's the cost. Here's the general budget. Here's the perceived cost. Here, here's some of the returns on investment. Here's how we're going to make money. Here's what our expenses will be. Here's what our overhead will be. You have to be clear on your pitch. You can't be vague mm-hmm. because people work too hard to have money to share, to be vague about it. And and particularly people that don't know you. Your mm-hmm. family might give you some money, but not even nowadays, not even your family going to support something that's vague.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, it has to be concise, too, right? Yeah,
0: I don't think you can make, you can't have a, a two-day presentation. Yeah. It needs to be to the point and people just want to see, does this add up? Does this make sense? And I say a third thing they need to have is you need to have as much as your own skin in the game as you're asking somebody else to put in. Now, that might mean you may not be able to give as much money to the to the vision mm-hmm. as somebody else, but your sacrifice should be equivalent. Right. Like, I got a sacrifice on my own level because I need to know if you are going to put money into this idea yourself. Do you mm-hmm. have anything at risk other than your reputation? Mm-hmm. Um I, I'm, I'm not excited about investing monies in your dream if you're not. Right. So I think that those are the three things. Three things. Making sure you got your, your legitimate legally, you have a clear pitch and presentation, and you have your own skin in the game.
1: So are you interested in investing in any businesses?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. I am people.
0: A, I'm an incurable businessman. I'm looking for ways I can help people accomplish their goals. Um, but I'm also looking for a triple win opportunity. That? Th- that's important for me. A triple win is when it's a win for the business owner. Mm-hmm. It's a win for their clients and customers.
2: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: a win for me and my company. Mm. If I'm going to come alongside somebody, I want it to be a win for them, a win for me, and a win for the people we're going to help and serve. Nice. I'm looking for triple win opportunities. I'm not really interested in just things where me and somebody else wins. What value add do we bring to the people that, we're, that we feel that we're able to serve Mm -hmm. yeah that's important to me that's good Mm -hmm.
1: so you said in the message that you should not leave your job too soon in order to pursue that dream of yours do you have a window or a time period in which someone it's okay for them to leave or a salary amount of money saved anything
0: yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a, that's a great question because people get so excited about their dreams that they, they start losing re- rationalization. They're no longer rational. It's just like so ambitious. We're going to do this. And you start hating your job so much that like, I'm sick of doing this. It's time for me to jump out there. Well, I once heard a YouTube comedian and counselor. His name is J.P. Sears. He says that when you try to eat from a tree that's underdeveloped, you'll kill the tree. mm. And I think when you're in business and you absolutely need the money to survive and take care of your basic needs, it's tough because you'll cut corners and seem desperate to people Mm -hmm. like you can't let go of a client or a potential client. You just start like pressing people up like, come on, you know, I called you and this third time I called you. And did you get my email? And it's just (laughs) you don't want to be desperate because you run people away. But if you can let your business grow while you continue to be established by your job or stabilized by your job, I should say. So let your business grow while your job is stabilizing you. Then the tree can develop and grow branches that bring in fruit or resources or streams of revenue that can take care of you. That's -hmm. what you want to do in the initial stages of anything you start. You have to take care of it
2: Mm -hmm.
0: as it gets stronger and healthy. It can take care of you. That's a very important distinction because people, when they get a dream or vision, they dream of it being something that can take care of them. Mm -hmm. But your initial role is like having a baby. You got to take care of it. Like how long before that baby can take care of you, do anything for you it can be a significant amount of time. So I say the ideal time to leave your job to pursue your dream is when the income from your dream is equivalent to the income from your job. That would be ideal. Hmm. at least then you know it's a wash at least mm-hmm. the second option would be to not wait until your income from the dream equals the income from your job but when you have at least a year's salary saved up as you said as you mentioned like you did you if you can have a year's salary saved up in that situation you have a safety net to land on if necessary that can sustain you during the lean years of a typical startup so, those would be the two practical options and measurements for leaving the job.
1: So I know somebody's asking. You know, somebody might have a job that pays one hundred and fifty. Like they have this high-profile job, mm-hmm. but they hate it, hate and it. they want to do what they love. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. maybe it pays sixty k, mm-hmm. and it's like, so do I have to wait until my business, you know, gets to one hundred and fifty? Yeah it might there, not necessarily com- get to that
0: well one of the options I just mentioned you can try to save save $150,000 have it somewhere mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. one of the ways you do that which you can accelerate an exit out of a out of a job you hate is reducing your expenses yeah do you love it enough to change your lifestyle to do it
1: right Right. so if
0: I have $150,000 salary do I have a, also have a $150,000 lifestyle Right. And right. do I love what I want to do so much that I can I can actually change my lifestyle to a $60,000 lifestyle? Mm-hmm. Well, most people, most people don't want to make that sacrifice. Right. And I'm saying if you don't, you're going to have to eventually or you're going to be running from bill collectors and living with a level. There'll be a level of stress added to this dream that will make it. L- so you got the pleasure of doing what you love, but you got the stress of not having enough money. Mm-hmm. So you have to work it both ways. Now, if you're in the kind of business that you can get funding, lending, it's okay to get lending for a company, particularly if the lending, if the company can be separated enough from the individual that the company is liable for the debt and not the individual. Mm
2: -hmm. You don't
0: want to tie your personal debt up into your business. That's just my own personal opinion. But if you can use some funding to help Support your business in the early years until Mm -hmm. your revenue is at a high enough level to not need that support. Then that's another way of doing it. But beware that just because you stepped out there on faith doesn't mean that the gas station is going to pay any attention to it. The grocery store is going to pay any attention to it. The hairstylist ain't going to give you a discount. Yeah, you go in a hairstylist place and say, you know, you know, I left my job. (laughs) this hairstyle but i ain't leave mine so you know you want you do you want me to do any i can wash your hair i'll wash it for that i'll wash it that's it i ain't even dry for that see Mm -hmm. yeah
1: that's something to keep in mind
0: yes indeed
1: so how do you know you talked about um distractions Mm -hmm. versus traction Mm -hmm. and you know sometimes when you are pursuing your dream Everything can seem like it's traction. It's mm-hmm. like, ooh, I got this opportunity. Oh, I got this opportunity. Mm-hmm. How do you know the difference between traction and distractions?
0: That's a great question. And I would say if you're making progress, where's the movement leading you?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's a very important question. Where is it leading you? Is it leading you towards your Why? Mm. You got to go back to the problem you were meant to solve. Right. So if I'm if I'm trying to solve a problem that church in general is irrelevant and it's and it's disconnecting some of the very people it's called to reach, mm-hmm. then is this traction I'm making leading me more towards a solution of that problem, or is taking me down a whole different road? Right. That's one. Not all distractions are bad, though. I don't think it's. I just. I don't think it's healthy to have a one track mind. By the way. That only allows us to do one thing and one thing only. All I do is this. All I do is this. I think you have, I think if you have a variation of talents and abilities and resources to offer, then it's okay to mix it up. Mm -hmm. Way you know, the ways you do and generate business for yourself, like you can do more than one thing. If you can, if you, if you're um, good at marketing and you're good at speaking and you're good at fashion or you're good at athletics or whatever, like, like don't limit yourself necessarily. Because if God has gifted you in multiple ways, then you can do multiple things. But if you start doing things that take you away from your core strengths and mm-hmm. your core values, then I think you're distracted. Right. See, I don't want to get off in this playing golf so much that I'm missing time in the thing that generates revenue mm-hmm. and builds my brand and, and, and reaches my target. My target is not the golf course and my brand is not the golf course and my business is not the golf course. I just like golf. Right. So if I have a hobby like golf or playing tennis or going to the movies or if it doesn't if if it doesn't feed my vision, mm-hmm. then I have it's, it's a hobby. It's recreational. It's balanced. But it shouldn't. It's, it can be a distraction if I get too engaged in it and I don't have enough. I don't have enough time for the things that matter most.
1: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. OK, right. I'm about to read this quote. That you said Mm -hmm. That was my favorite You said you have to love The problem You are trying to solve More than you love your ego Amen Can you speak to them peoples That are scared Of looking stupid
0: Amen If there's another thing That paralyzes people From pursuing their dream It's not just getting stuck in how It's getting so stuck in me Mm. That I can't Bear to see myself look stupid Or fail, right? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. See, visionary people face, um, again, not just the intersection between ignorance and interest. It's when we freeze up in fear. Someone once said about fear, the acronym fear stands for forget everything and run away. Mm -hmm. And that's what most people do, forget everything and run away. But another acronym for fear is face everything and rise. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: The problem with paralyzing fear is that it's driven by self-centeredness, actually. Fear is very self-centered. If you listen closely to the voice of fear, it is saying things like, what if it doesn't work? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: What if I look stupid for trying? What if I fall flat on my face? What if nobody shows up? What if it's a total flop or disaster? And my thing is, get over yourself so you can get to the people you're trying to help and the problem you're trying to solve. Just yeah. get past you. If That's you can good. get past you, full disclosure, by the way, with my book, Side Checkology, Why Men and Women Cheat, little uh, shameless plug. Mm-hmm.
2: That's good.
0: When we did our first book signing, we had a nonstop signing in two locations to span a four-hour period.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You remember that. You were there. Yep. We were in two locations, and the line was long in both locations same day, right? Yep. When we did the second one two months later, we had 5 people show up <laughs> doing a 2 hour window right right but you know what i have to believe in the mission of that book and it's intended goal to solve a very challenging problem that so many people face mm-hmm. that i can't let my ego get in the way and not do any more books on it right so if 5 people got helped it was worth the time yes Remember, it's more it's more about the people we want to serve and help than it is about us. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that can really eliminate fear is love. Mm. So if I love every one of those five people who came, then I had an opportunity to love. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: If I didn't love the 500 people that came to the other one, then I missed the opportunity. I was doing it for the wrong thing anyway. Right. Right. So, again, like sometimes You know, I know we have this conversation back and forth, like, because a lot of stuff you manage for me schedule wise. And we we talked about should I take this opportunity? Should Mm -hmm. I go on this podcast? Should I go do this interview? Should I go on this station? Should I go on this Facebook Live? And sometimes when you look at the platform, Mm -hmm. it doesn't seem worth the time. Right. But if I love the people I'm trying to help,
1: Mm -hmm. even
0: if they got two people listening to them. Right. And if I believe in the work that I'm doing and this can change people's situations, then it's not about a I want to be on this show because they have millions of viewers. Mm -hmm. Well, I I ain't got time to be on this show because they ain't got nobody. If they're asking me to come do something that I do well or or to address a subject that I believe is helping people, then that's more important than to me. I think Mm -hmm. at this point and hopefully it, it will remain that way. Yeah, hopefully it won't be just about, you know, um, you know, because I think success causes us to be a lot more selective in the places we go. Mm -hmm. And maybe that makes sense. You know, you can't do everything um, that that people want you to do. But I believe it's important to put the people before my own personal preferences and et cetera. So that's 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 good. Mm Do it scared.
1: That's what you always say. Do Do it it scared. scared.
0: Do it scared. Don't wait till you're not scared.
1: So look. There's, there are people listening who have their plan w- written down. They have their business plan. They have notes all in their journal about what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But they've placed it in this folder that you call the I don't know how to folder. Mm-hmm. What do you recommend that these people do with these plans they have written down?
0: The I don't know how to folder. Hold on a second. I don't know. So if somebody has a folder that they don't know how to move on or to, or to move through or work through, I would first say try to simplify the folder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like like narrow it down to like, okay, what is, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? I think you want to start there. Mm-hmm. What burdens me? What bothers me? Because if you're not fixing something or solving something, your voice in that space really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Don't waste time just being another voice that highlights the problem. Right. So people want to say, "Here's the problem with education," or "Here's the problem with teen pregnancy," or "Here's the problem with injustice," or blah 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 blah. And so we got a bunch of voices screaming, "Problem! Problem! 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 Problem!" problem. Where are the voices of solution?
2: Where mm-hmm.
0: if you get who is the person that can say, "You give me ten black." 14-year-old boys who by and large based on their their test scores, their environment, their behavioral patterns, they're headed to a life of crime and violence or prison, right? You give me those 14 boys and I'll need about 10,000 per boy and you give them to me for 6 months and we'll guarantee you that they'll be job ready, they'll be academically sound, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and here's our program. Hmm. We start with soft skills. We start with building community. We start with exposing them to greatness. We bring them out of their environment Mm -hmm. because we believe the environment impacts more than anything else. Right. Mm -hmm. If you change the environment, you can change what's produced in the environment. Right. And all now now you have a problem because you're concerned about every child that we lose to the system and to the grave and to prisons and et cetera, to drugs. But you also have a solution. And I'm saying, what problem are you trying to solve? Once you highlight the problem, how are you going to get it done? What kind of funding do you need? Like try to try to turn your file into maybe a one page document, Mm -hmm. one to two pages at the most. And then what you want to start doing is is having the conversation with people, just people in general. Right. Not necessarily people who can help execute it, but people who can just a minute, like mm-hmm. people who you talk to over lunch about it. Just I just want to share an idea. I had. What do you think? And as people say, I think you should try this with it. And then you start saying, yeah. Or people say, tell me more about it. that's really interesting
2: mm-hmm.
0: that you have to start talking about it. Right. You, have to, you have to bring your idea out into the universe, out into the world. And it comes out through communication. Mm-hmm. And I would start there. That's one way I would do of getting out of file. Simplify it, truncate it down to one or two pages and then just make it a part of conversations that you have while you're out with people. Right. Just bring it up.
1: You know, some people don't bring up their ideas cause they're scared. Somebody's going to steal it.
0: And again, that becomes a fear issue and a selfish uh-huh. issue. Right. So, so if I, if I, you know, there's some things that we should get patents on and trademarks mm-hmm. on like Things, th- things that could have some economic value, some mm-hmm. some intellectual property. I do, I do believe in that. I don't think you should have something of value that that God gave you a creative idea that can economically bless you and feed you, and you just squander it because you didn't protect it, right? Mm-hmm. But ideas, the way I see ideas, is if God has given me a concept,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I believe ideas and concepts and dreams come from God. And he's infinite in his resources. He can give me more,
2: right?
0: Like, like you can even try to do what I'm thought about doing, but you can't. There's a there's a pipeline that that created the idea in my connection with God, and that that pipeline, as long as that's not shut off, I'll get more ideas. Mm-hmm. But this has got to come to a point where you're gonna need people to steal the idea to execute it anyway. Yeah. And if we really don't, care, if we really more about the problem we're solving. Then it doesn't matter who gets the credit as long as the people get the help and God gets the glory, yeah, so you know if somebody's sitting around saying fighting about that was my idea that we bring free lunch to school or whatever whatever the system is that was my idea was it so was it about you or about the people you hope would mm-hmm. be helped by the idea and that's mm-hmm. that's what it boils back down to to me that's good mm-hmm. it makes
1: a lot of sense, mm-hmm. Okay, I got one more for you. Um, what are some of the problems that you are noticing in ministry since now that you have more skin in the game? Any well, new problems that you want to solve?
0: I, I don't believe this is a new problem, but the one that comes to mind first is the problem of building competent, high-character, great chemistry teams. Mm-hmm. as the organization grows and i mean all three of those things highly competent people high character people and great chemistry mm-hmm. that's 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 a challenge I, I think all leaders of enterprises want their businesses or their churches or whatever they're leading to grow but we want to do it with people we are already comfortable with mm-hmm. right oh. and the problem with that is the people we're comfortable with aren't always competent right so We have to grow our support team in proportion with the size of our enterprise. Mm. And doing that well is a huge challenge. So I'd have to say some of the new problems would be around how people work. Mm -hmm. The traditional way that people work is where they showed up on their jobs at the job site five days a week for 8.5 hours a day. That's changed. Yeah, for sure. People would go in at 8.30 and they'd leave at 5.00. And what they need and desire from their employer and workspace environment has also evolved.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, so now people desire flexible working hours with the ability to work remotely. They also want some cool and innovative workspace to provide a certain contemporary feel mm-hmm. and energy that makes the work environment more attractive. Mm-hmm. They also want voice in the game and decision making space and to be aware of the overall direction of the organization, no matter what level they're employed on. Mm-hmm. Even if they cook in the kitchen, they still want to know what's going on at the top and they want they want a voice. And so these challenges are things that I'm noticing now and hopefully we will meet that challenge effectively. And successfully as an org- as an organization.
1: Mm. Do you think it's just a change in the in the times? Absolutely. And millennials. Y'all always blame the millennials.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's millennials or or what generation it is. But I think older people want flexibility. I think they. I think people want more from their companies now than maybe people always wanted it. But I think people have the courage to ask for it now. Right. Like they didn't maybe two or three generations ago when they were just happy to have a job and they just shut their mouth and did the job and, and got in and every two weeks they got that check. Mm-hmm. Now people don't just want the check. They want the flexibility. They want the creative workspace. They want remote working. They want they want skin in the game. They want they want professional development.
2: Mm-hmm. They
0: they they will point out stuff that's broken and archaic about companies. And that's a reality. And I don't and I think that may be the so so when you when we say we blame millennials i think we have to applaud millennials because they had the courage to point out things that really don't make a lot of sense Mm -hmm. like a millennials in the room and the like that's why new fresh eyes on any organization are important and millennial eyes are important because your your generation will look at something and say why are we doing that right like why do we do that? Why do we do it like that? Why don't we just do it like this? Whereas somebody in their 50s will come in and they might say, well, this is how they do it here. Right. You know what I mean? And they just say, this is is how they do it here. I'm saying even a new person Mm -hmm. will say in their 50s, this is how they do it here and let's not, let's not stir the pot, you know? Right, right. And they might be at the water cooler whispering. Yeah, that is a little weird that they do it that way. But, you know, I think what I try to do in our organization is I have something that I do and I would share this with CEOs or business owners who are listening. I do something every month now called you're the CEO. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear from everybody who's employed in this organization called Zion Church, what would you think would make us better? What do you think we should change? What do you think we should implement? And and literally probably at least every quarter we're changing something because of something we heard somebody say mm-hmm. to make it better. So I'm, 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 can, I'm open to that.
1: I can attest to that. Definitely change stuff. Mm-hmm. This was good. Do you have anything else you want to say?
0: Well, I, I don't know. Do you have any more questions? That
1: I have an <laughs> answer to.
0: I, I, I say this. One of the things I said in the message was pray and plan. And your plan is your dream written down. So if people have plans that they've written down, but they place them away in a folder and you asked me that question earlier, I just want you to I just want you to understand this. You've got to be willing to invest in people that have your how. How is not cheap. I wanted to come back to that. How is not cheap, um, but it always pays off very well. So if you're stuck, you're probably stuck in how. Yeah. So find your who, who and be willing to pay in order to get that how resolved Mm -hmm. that's what i would say for somebody that's stuck that would be my last thing excuse me for the confusion taking your job (laughs)
1: all right do your closing do
0: my closing hey y'all that was asha battle interviewing me keith battle i thought she did a great job and i hope this conversation was inspirational and informational to you please share it like it Give us, you know, ask us your questions. Hey, I got something else for you. If you go to our website at sagacitycompany.com, S-A-G-A-C-I-T-Y, company spelled out.com, and you go to Relationship Tools, you can click on Relationship Tools, and we have a free chapter of my book, Side Chickology, Why Men and Women Cheat, and you can share that with people. It's a, it's a chapter specifically written for single people. And I would encourage you to share that with anybody just to get them familiar with the content and the quality of the book. And uh, you can share that link with them and people can read that for free. And uh, hopefully it'll change a lot of lives. Thank you all. Also one, more, one other thing, we got our marriage uh, workshop coming up. It's called Effective Love Marriage Workshop. It's gonna be held on July 10th, Wednesday, July 10th from 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, in Landover, Maryland at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden and it will be held again on July 13th from 10 a.m to 12 p.m you can get uh, pricing and tickets at zionchurch.org or zionchurchonline.com you can go to effective love and find the link there and get tickets it's 60 dollars a couple uh but after a certain time it's going to go up to 80. so i don't know what day it is when you hear this but hopefully you'll get in all right God bless you, love you, catch you next time right back here on the Keith Battle Podcast.